This is Downtown the Podcast. I hope that's, that's what you thought you downloaded, right? Okay, good. Well played. Episode number 64 from Bangor, Maine, America. In the Zone Radio Studios, Rich Kimball here with Carrie Haskell. We do a live show every afternoon, every weekday from 4 to 6 Eastern Time on WZON, WKIT HD Radio. You can listen to streaming audio as well at our website, downtownwithrichkimball.com. We're brought to you here every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. A couple of talented folks on the program this week, a comedian who's been making people laugh for more than three decades now, and a talented actor who stars in one of the most acclaimed series on television and a spooky and also critically acclaimed summer horror movie. The movie is called Midsummer. The series is The Good Place on NBC, and the actor is William Jackson Harper, who chatted with us about uh, both of those, including the final season of The Good Place and a couple other exciting projects that he's involved in. Here's William Jackson Harper on Downtown. Thanks so much for coming back on with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I saw Midsummer last Friday. I don't think I've had a good night's sleep since then. (laughs) Man, what an intense film that is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I mean it's pretty intense and disturbing for me and I mean I was I was there. You know, I was <laughs> in it. And so it's uh it's pretty yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. Now had you seen Heredity before you uh, decided to make this film? I had, yeah. Um as a matter of fact that was a large part of why I wanted to be in the film so badly. It's, it's like I I saw Hereditary as like one easily one of the best movies of last year and like you know definitely one of my top five horror movies of all time so it's uh yeah i was like super super excited that the opportunity came up and um yeah yeah i was i feel like hereditary had a lot to do with my excitement for being in this movie well midsummer is so good and yes it, it absolutely scares you it stays with you but i also like the fact that there's a fair amount of humor in this film yeah yeah, it's, um, well, you know, Ari's a twisted dude. So, <laughs> you know, in the midst of all this, you know, really intense, very, uh, very dark, um, yet at the same time, very bright energy, uh, you know, he throws in some, um, some very, very uh, inappropriate and gross and, uh, and very dark humor, um, which I think honestly probably contributes to this sort of the, the dread, you know, because it's like, I think when things are sort of uh, inadvertently funny in the midst of something terrible, um, it, you know, it's like, it's, it, 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 it sort of like it gives you a second to sort of breathe, but it's also just like sort of makes the experience feel a little bit more like something that could happen because of how random it is, you know? Now your character, Josh, uh, without giving too much away, uh, is it safe to say makes a couple of bad decisions along his journey? You know, I mean, it's a horror film. You know, we all make choices we shouldn't be making, you know. I mean, it could have been worse. Uh, Others made uh, even more uh, damaging choices, I guess, than yours. First of all, well, be careful where you pee, I think, is a good lesson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great lesson. You know, maybe just, like, you know, like, just go deep in the woods. And if you can't, you know, go, you know, if you can't find a toilet, just go deep, deep, deep in the woods, and, and, and you should be fine. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like, I'll, you know, honestly, it's like it's never it's never safe to 
don't think so. I mean that that would have been that would have been a mistake, like regardless of what happens in the film. Now I've got what I think is a long way to go until I get there, but I'm all of a sudden not that eager to turn seventy-two. <laughs> yeah. No, well, me either. I got a ways to go too. <laughs> did you? What did you know about uh, the finished product? Did you have much of an inkling? what it was going to be like until you sat down and actually watched it as a cast. And were you surprised by anything? Yeah. You know, I think I was actually surprised by, I had no, well, first off, I had no idea what the movie was going to look like. I mean, like it, it, I know how we shot it and um, you know, I know when we shot it. So I knew that a lot of it was going to take place in the daytime. There was going to be a lot of uh, very sort of, uh, uh, like, I don't know, it's like a cognitive, like, there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissonance about, like, you know, what horror should be and, you know, what we'll be seeing on the screen. I figured that would happen, but I wasn't sure what that would actually feel like. And, um, and so, like, yeah, I, I really had no idea what to expect. Um, I, I was surprised by how funny it was. I was, um, I was also just sort of, you know, there's there's a it was emotionally very very terrorizing for me. You know, I think that mm-hmm. you know the relationship between Christian and Danny is just so incredibly fraught and real in a way that I you know that I just hadn't quite seen. And I think that that is something that I really took away from the movie. That like was like one of the most salient moments for me. Like outside of you know the more you know ceremonial bloodletting moments that the movie has sometimes movies just capture a moment in time and and i don't know what it is but obviously the reviews have been outstanding for the film a great box office as well what have you tapped into in this film that's got people not only seeing it but seeing it multiple times talking about it with friends there's so much buzz probably more than any any other uh, non-toy story film this summer well, I think that, you know, it's a movie that doesn't necessarily lean into the idea of what horror movies are supposed to be. Um, and I think that that's sort of fascinating for people to watch. I think that there's a lot of grotesque imagery that is really carefully rendered, which I think is, you know, something that that people, like, really get into for whatever reason. I mean, it's hard for me to watch, but, I mean, like, I know that people really like seeing people's faces get smashed and all sorts of stuff like that. And I... Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't handle it, but you know, people like it. But I think that it's, um, it's also got a certain, a certain depth to it. I think regarding the relationships, I think that, you know, in particular, again, with Christian and Danny, those two characters, um, I think it, it, it reflects a lot of, um, I think a lot of a, a dynamic that I think a lot of people find themselves in. You know, perhaps not to that degree, but definitely like there's like a a twinge of that in a lot of relationships. And, and so I think that there's something about, you know, exercising that particular demon when you go and watch this movie. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 you know, and also it's, you know, it's, it's about belief uh, for me. I think that, you know, that's one of those things that, um, you know, you can't reason people away from something that is a part of their, their very early indoctrinization. And that is, that is a really frightening thing. To, to face and I feel like we are in a time where you know there's a lot of indoctrination that is occurring and that has occurred in conditioning that is sort of making people behave a certain way and you know the sort of inevitability of what 
you know, those what those people who have been indoctrinated that way, the choices they will make. Um, I think that that's something that is a little, a little frightening, and I um, I think that there's you know a possibility that we need to see that happen in order to sort of like shake ourselves awake a bit, you know. But that that's more for just me, I, you know, being, being a, a pointy head dude, <laughs> overthinking things. We're talking with William Jackson Harper. Also, of course, we can't forget to talk about the Good Place season four coming up. Uh, Michael Schur has announced this will be the final season. I'm I'm torn. I, I hate to see the characters go because I love the show so much, but I also love the idea that it's coming to a resolution. Uh, is it mixed feelings for cast members as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think we all, you know, we all love each other a lot, and we have been able to like sort of come together for the last four years, every summer for a few months, and just you know, hang out and make this show that makes people laugh and makes us laugh. And it's been sort of nice to have that sort of thing built in, you know, for as a structure for my life, you know. And, um, but yeah, it, it is time to, it is time to end it. I think that, you know, now it's, um, it gets to exist as a piece of art as opposed to just a, uh, a delivery device for advertising, you know, it's, it's, right. we're, we're not going to overstay our welcome. We're going to tell the story that we actually wanted to tell and get out. And the thing is, it's like the show will, you know, be available on streaming services long after we've gone and people will be able to just like go through and just watch the whole thing and have a good time. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's sad for us to be ending it, but I think this is the right thing because I'd rather, I'd rather go out people, you know, enjoying the show and actually being involved in the story rather than, you know, having us, you know, sort of jump the shark and, you know, everyone just hates the show and then eventually we just kind of fizzle out and go away. Well, and a lot to resolve here in this final season because uh, it's tabula rasa. Everything has been erased. Nobody knows anybody. So there's that whole dynamic with Chidi and Eleanor. My wife wants to know if there will be uh, any more scenes of you with your shirt off. I don't know what that's about. Uh, yeah, you know what, me either. Because, you know, <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything I don't want to do... <laughs> It's to try to get in shape to get my shirt off again. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm I'm almost 40 years old. Like that then that's that's not the way I'm supposed to look. That's terrible. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to, I want to relax. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So like, uh, I, I I I I so far so far I've been able to like keep my clothes on, but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? You know, maybe they'll maybe they'll punish me at some point this year. Uh, also, a couple other things I want to mention quickly. Uh, you've got a film in production uh, directed by Todd Haynes. It looks great uh, based on uh, the DuPont chemical uh, controversy. Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, Bill Pullman. That looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how I got in there. I, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm hoping that they don't, like, discover my footage somewhere. And it's like, oh, dude, this, this guy sneaked in. Like, <laughs> we should just cut him out. Um, but, yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's an incredibly. I I think it's an incredibly important film. Uh, you know, it 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 it, it deals with the um, with the the corporate defense attorney who wound up um, actually fighting Dupont for poisoning the water in in uh, this West Virginia town. And you know, I think it's something that you know, it's sort of like it's a wake up call for like what it actually takes to affect social change. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's. It's just, it's just great, and this this cast is is amazing, and I I feel so lucky that I get to be a part of it, and uh, 
And I also, I mean, it's one of those scripts where I was intending to read it. Like, I got home one night late, and I was, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, I got this script. I should read half of it tonight. I'll read half tomorrow because it's just too late, and I'm not going to be able to get through this whole thing. And then uh, I just sat up till 4 in the morning and just bombed through the whole thing without moving because it's just that that good. And um, and I, it was just that engrossing to me. So, um, you know, what? We'll see how it all turns out, but I'm I'm really excited for, for people to see that movie. And joining the cast of uh, Amazon's Jack Ryan as Xander for season two. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That you know, I hope you know. There's like there's so much that they keep under wraps because it's you know it's it's, it's a mystery. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of intrigue and everything is kind of functional on a need to know basis. But I think I'm a good guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I actually had to, actually got to hang out with uh, John Krasinski on set quite a bit. Um, you know, another another alumni of the Sureverse, right? As, uh, as people like to call it. And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was it was it was fun. Um, it was they had been all over the place. They had been like in South America and Russia, and I just you know got a hold of them in New York. So they were all like just very well traveled and very very tired. And I just had biked over the Manhattan Bridge to to go to work. So you know, it was uh, it was it was it was it was fun. It was really it was really great for me. Uh, I'm, but I'm sure they were exhausted. Uh, before we let you go, when we talked with you last summer, you were getting ready to stage uh, your play Travisville at Ensemble Studio Theater. Any other stage work uh, coming up for you? Um, you know, not at the moment. Um, actually, Travisville is uh, getting published, which I'm really really excited about so you know hopefully it'll make its way you know across theaters you know in the country hopefully um but uh yeah no 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 theater on the docket as of yet um it's uh you know it's something i hope to get back to um but uh you know as far as writing you know that was one of those things that really ate my lunch that was that was <laughs> a that was a beating and you know thankfully i had a really great cast and director and theater that really propped me up but uh you know i I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I want to. I don't want to poke that particular bear anytime soon. Um, I'll, uh, you know, probably just stick to being the, the last on, first off. You know, like a good actor should be. Well, Will, congratulations on the success of Midsummer. We wish you a great final season of The Good Place. If there's any justice, there'll be an Emmy nomination soon. And thanks again for visiting with us today. Oh well, thank you. Thanks for having me again. That's actor William Jackson Harper on Downtown the Podcast. After this quick word from Cross Insurance, we come back with comedian Paula Poundstone. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Next guest on Downtown the Podcast is a, a comedian, author, hosts her own podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Of course, as a regular on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And as a proud owner, companion of a number of cats as well. 
Paula Poundstone joining us here on Downtown, the podcast. Paula, it's, we believe, your fifth time on the show, which means uh, we get you the decoder ring and we get to teach you the secret handshake. Oh, man, I'm so proud. I thought you would be. It's pretty exciting for us uh, as well. I also have a, a request uh, I was given by the people at the Criterion Theater in Bar Harbor. You're going to be there in September, and they would like to know what kind of cake you like backstage. They want to make you a cake. Oh, wow, that's nice. That's the thing about Maine. They're cake makers. Uh, I enjoy a chocolate cake, you tell them. All right, chocolate cake. Excellent. Chocolate cake. It's on the way. How are the cats doing? Cats are great. I'm looking at them right now. Well, I'm looking at not all of them. You know, I I I I have 13, and... uh, uh, and it's uh, it's the time of the day where I, where I scrape the the parts of the bowl of food that they didn't eat into one bowl, <laughs> and you would think they had never eaten before. They rush in. They I almost get what's that called stampeded. I can be caught in a cat stampede over just that. Um, they're they're great. I you know when somebody invents a useful. Uh, uh, use for um, cat pee. I'm going to be the richest person in the world. <laughs> now, do you ever get worried? I, I know you love them, obviously, but do you ever worry when you see them maybe clustered together in groups of, I don't know, four or five, that perhaps they could be, if not plotting against you, at least talking about you? Uh, I think that, uh... <laughs> no, I've heard this suggestion. In fact, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me one time, there was a thing uh, they had some sort of study that said that your cats would eat you if they, you know, if they had the opportunity. <laughs> and uh, I just don't think that's true. I, I don't know. I look into their eyes and <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I just don't see an animal that would, that would eat me there. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of squirrels in my backyard. They'd tear me apart if they had the chance. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know how squirrels are. That's why you keep them outside. Well, they are. I'll tell you, you know, part of the reason they enjoy the out-of-doors, the squirrels and the rats, are because I have a plum tree and a nectarine tree. And, you know, I'm always so excited when they begin to flower and there's so many flowers on them. And then you can see little, you know, little nectarines and little plums begin to, to you know, grow. I don't get one plum or one one nectarine. They they are all eaten by rats and, and not rats and squirrels. And they don't eat everyone. They take – because I would – I would gladly split with them 80 20. Uh, I'll take the 20 or, or even 90 10. But um, <laughs> they take a bite out of everyone and leave it. And I talked to a, um, like a pest control guy about if it would be okay to just cut out the rat eating part and eat the rest. And he thought not. Probably not a good idea. No, <laughs> we're talking to Paula Poundstone here on Downtown. Uh, last time you were on with us, you talked about your track record on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and that you have. <laughs> Uh, rarely won. We had Tom Bodet on a couple of months back and asked him about that. Now he says you could win a lot more, but you'd rather you'd rather get the laugh. You'd rather have the funny story than actually win. No, he's totally wrong about that. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad I get this chance to clear this up. I am desperately trying to win each time. People think I throw the match. I absolutely don't. I have a great Tom Bodet story. I'm I I. Stop me if I've told you this before, but um, one time I was working in Vermont, and uh, and uh, uh, Tom and I were uh, on a bill together, and he kindly invited my son and I to stay with him, and so we did, and we went to the show that night, and then we went back to his house, and 
uh, you know, eventually the, 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 they, those guys were tired and they went up to bed. But, you know, my son and I were on California time, so we're still awake, really. So my son comes into my room and we watch a, a DVD of I Love Lucy or something. And, you know, eventually we're like, okay, we should go to bed. And then we realized we didn't know where the light switches were. <laughs> and uh, so we slept with the lights on at Tom Burette's house. <laughs> That's perfect. Isn't that great? <laughs> I mean, I've slept with the lights on in many places, but it was never meaningful yeah. in this way. I like that a lot. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you had uh, Penn Gillette on your podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and you guys talked, among other things, about longevity. Is it possible? Is it a key for you and Adam to keep that going, if not for 40 years, then, then 20 or 30? Is it essential for one partner to never speak? Um, well, we've already broken that dam. Um, the thing is, I speak so much <laughs> that you, you, maybe the amount that I speak, even though Adam also speaks, may still be more than Penn speaks, uh, um, even though Teller doesn't. Do you see what I'm saying? I do, yes. Yeah, so it may just be... <laughs> Maybe we're focusing on the silence of one partner when really the success has to do with the, you know, lo, 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 what is it, loquacity. Yeah, is yes. that the right word? Yeah, I think so, or loquaciousness or that talkiness. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, right, precisely. Why should I try to impress myself with vocabulary? <laughs> I know I can't do it. Have you become, I, I, uh, you, you travel so much, uh, you're on the road. Uh, have you become an expert packer in your years on the road? Oh, I am a good packer. Yeah, I am a good packer. Um, I, uh, you know, you, you put your underwear in your shoes first of all. That's critical. Yes, I like that uh, idea. Yeah, it has to be sort of forced in there. The other thing is, I have, um, I have two of many things. Like I don't, I no longer, I haven't for many years packed and unpacked uh, things like toiletries or, or clothes that I sleep in or that sort of, that, that sort of thing is just left in there mm. all the time. The hardest part of my. Um, uh, you know, probably the heaviest part of my suitcase is uh, my recyclables. By the end of a trip, my, my suitcase is pounds heavier than it was when I left <laughs> because I take everything that needs to be recycled, I take it home with me. Um, because I live in the fantasy world that tells me that that here in Santa Monica, they actually are recycling things. Uh, you know, you never know. Once you put it into the bin, it's not like, you know, you follow it in a maternal fashion. Um, but, uh, I just, I don't trust a, a hotel to, to do that. You know, hotels are hard to trust. They don't even, they don't even have shampoos that are labeled in a large font. You, you, you don't really know what you're putting on your head in a, in a, in a hotel. I, have you still, I probably shouldn't say this to somebody who travels as much as you do, but have you seen any of those reports about the hotels where they, they don't really even change the linens on a regular basis. That That's a I little scary. I long suspected such a thing, but frankly, exhaustion trumps uh, <laughs> hygiene, I guess. You know, sometimes I've gone in a room and I thought, gee, I wonder. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so damn tired. <laughs> it hasn't killed me in all these years. <laughs> it's probably not going to. Well, no, it's probably built up your immunities. You may be the healthiest person in America. You know, I, I got to say, I, I am... I am pretty healthy, and and it's partly because, um, I, I you know, as a comic, you don't get benefits. You, you know, uh, I'm self-employed, um, and uh, I have the worst boss. 
And, uh, <laughs> so I don't have uh, – boy, when she gets that look on her face and says, see me in the office, I know the jig is up. Um, I, I, so my health care largely uh, – here's how I get my health care. Um, for example, uh, I don't know, it was a year and a half, two years ago, uh, I was having trouble breathing. And uh, I was in a, a lot of pain, and this went on for months. And uh, finally, what what happened was uh, one of my cats had to go to the vet. And when I was at the vet, I asked questions, uh, pretending that it was about an animal at home, but really it was about me. <laughs> I said, geez, my dog Ramona seems to have a hard time breathing, and when she does push-ups, she makes a moaning noise. Do you think, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's reason for concern? Did they catch well, on? The way, yeah, there wasn't. I have to tell you, Ramona just dropped dead one day. Oh dear! So, so it's lucky that I'm still alive, I guess, because my my vet skills didn't even go as far as my dog, let alone me. Gracious! Uh, now you're traveling all uh, all here to Maine. Uh, you, you're back again, as we mentioned. You're going to be back here uh, in September for a couple of shows down at Stone Mountain in Brownfield, and then at the Criterion in Bar Harbor. Uh, in the past, we thought maybe there was some expert planning on your part that you get here during the most beautiful times of year. But you're a, you're a warrior. You come to the Northeast even in the wintertime. I do. Um, you know, I've always prided myself in, uh, well, I don't know that I did this last year, but in years past, I have gone uh, during mud season because that's when I feel, you know, that people are the neediest. Um, that's when you really need a good laugh is when, you know, your, you know, your 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 front room is covered in mud, and uh, and and then there's a, and then the weather forecast says it's going to snow again. <laughs> that's you know? uh, that's like five months out of the year up here. Yeah, you're due for your April snow. Mm. Um, I love Maine. I mean, what's not to love about Maine? I love Maine so much that I have you know that kind of furniture that's out in people's front yards and it's in the front of all sorts of all sorts of. Uh, you know, kind of country stores as you drive down the road in Maine. Yeah. You know, that kind of furniture that's the bright colors. Yes, I do. I have that in my living room. Oh, I like that very much. Yeah. What's that called? There's a word for it. Um, like Adirondacks or something? Yeah, Adirondack chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I ask you when I knew? See, that's the thing about me. <laughs> well, no, you were just trying to make me feel like I was more knowledgeable. I, you know, sometimes I just, I'm, I'm a little, you, you know, uh, I, I, t I don't always have faith in myself. Sometimes I, I pull over and ask directions on a, on a straightaway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be on the 405 North and I just pull over and <laughs> is, it, is it just, do I just keep going here on the four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I, I found a GPS doesn't help me very much because I'm one of those people and it's, it's terrible to do this. I find my way. I guess by feel, if it's a city I've been to before, and I always so think crashing into stuff. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. I oh, always you drop your hand out the door. I, yeah, always. I uh, just try to get it a little bit ahead of the bumper if I can, but then I, I then I seem to have a blind spot over on the right. Now I'm it's terrible. Feelers. I can't find you know, and I realized what it is. It took me I don't know thirty or forty years to figure it out that it's because I don't really pay attention when I'm going someplace new. Some people will look at landmarks and remember, oh, I, I turned left at, at that store uh, by the big red barn or whatever it is. But I, I don't do that. And so well, if I have to retrace my steps, I'm, I'm lost completely. Yeah, nobody does it anymore because of GPS. But in the old days, yeah, you did. You made an absolute effort to pay attention to, 
to where you were. You know, there's a commercial for, I think it's Subaru. I can't swear to it. But um, where this couple goes into a store and they ask for a map to, um, they, they ask if they have a map to, like, the Eagle's Perch. And there's a blind guy in the back of the store, and he goes, you won't find a map for that. <laughs> and then in the next scene, the blind guy is in the car with this couple, which just strikes me as unsafe in every way. <laughs> uh, he's in the car with this couple, and they're driving, and he's saying, make a left, make a right, uh, you know, just, just wait, stop, there's a bunny there. <laughs> and, and and I'm thinking to myself, okay, does this guy come with every car? It's a very strange ad. It's really hard to understand what the what the upside is of the Subaru. It's a unique feature of the Subaru. I wasn't, and I have one. I didn't get my blind guy. I need to go talk to the dealer. I think. Yeah, it's not. It's a it's a blind man, but it's also a blind man who had this like very strong uh, 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 understanding uh, of where the <laughs> you know um, uh, of where the road turned, like how you did. He just did it by feel, you, you know. Um, well, you know what they you they come say, with a Subaru. That's why I, you didn't get a guy like that because could. that's you. Well, you know they say if if you lose one sense, the others are heightened. So maybe in his case, it's it's navigational skills. You know, they say that, but I don't know if that's actually true. Um, Helen Keller went through some sort of study. Uh, she believed that she had a better sense of feel than other people had. Like just touch, a right. better sense of touch because her hands were so important. And um, I don't know, she went through some sort of process. Uh, I, I forget the details of it, unfortunately, but, uh, um, you know, which makes it sound shady when I say it. But she, uh, she did, she went through some sort of test to see if that was true, and it turned out that it wasn't. And by the way, she was very disappointed. Because well, I, I think she thought, you know, geez, I want to excel at, you know, at something here. Um, and of course, she did excel at all sorts of things, but she she wanted her hands to be, you know, uh, uh, extraordinary. It's not and, quite the uh, same I thing, but I. The I, difference I, is, I don't know that anything else gets. It's just that if you don't have one thing, you rely on the other things mm-hmm. more. It doesn't mean that they're ne- that they that they sharpen as a result of of, of relying on them. Right. I, I always thought I, I, you know, I hate to dispute your science, but no. that's what I read. What, no, and I, I only have one source on that, by the way. It was one book that I read it in. I learned that myself because I, I thought being such a bad dancer, I would naturally be a really good singer. And, and that didn't work out either. That's how I've always felt about sex. <laughs> and I, 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 it's not even that I'm good or bad at sex. I simply don't have sex. <laughs> and so I thought for sure that, um, you know, my croquet would be like, you know, <laughs> just I'd hit the ball once and it would go through hoops and then turn and go through other hoops. That's what I thought. And that didn't pan out? Hasn't. Ha- hasn't. I haven't really focused on my croquet career. <laughs> but uh, if you, oh, hey, did you see yesterday the pictures of the flyboard going over the Bastille Day event? I did not. It looked like Mr. Robinson from Lost in Space, except for he's standing on a board. Um, it's a device that flew. Wow. I mean, unless I fell for some sort of a trick, uh, it, it, it certainly looked that way. And uh, let me just say, I know, I know that uh, people um, uh, were trying to decide what kind of cake to get me. 
And I know a lot of audience members, you know, wonder, oh, what should we get for Paula? And I knew you guys were probably thinking, you know, oh, what yeah. gift can we give her? Of course. Uh, and I just, you know, as opposed to telling you, like, my jean sizes, <laughs> I want you to know, I want a flyboard more than anything well, in the world. We just, Carrie just called it up here in studio. We're looking at the picture of the flyboard. That's, I want one of those, too. I get mine first because uh, I asked. Um is it maybe you guys could have a thing at your station you could do <laughs> where I call in and I win it? I mean, I, I grew up watching the Jetsons. I expected all of this by now. Yeah, that's you know, a, that's Jetsons amazing. Were, watching the you, video of it, it wow, I, yeah, that is isn't that, that is right out of lost in life? space. I mean, with the exception maybe of you know the ocean uh, or outer space. Um, it, yeah, you know George Orwell was prescient to a frightening degree uh you know just like whoa boy called that didn't he <laughs> but the jetsons <laughs> you know you figure what well, george orwell was a genius okay right. so you expect him to know a little something but i don't think Hanna Barbera they were geniuses exactly um uh but boy they did come up with stuff like the whole thing of shopping on a screen yes or yeah. I, I when you used to go through disney disney world i think it was had the monsanto oh, exhibit yes. where you'd sort of see things in the future and one of the things was a woman um shopping on a on a computer and i what they didn't say when they showed it was that that would bring down the whole world <laughs> that would be part of the end of the world you know because it's not it's not just jobs although that's important it, it it's also who who do you have those little exchanges that sort of oil your day in a, in a way that you're, you're not even paying attention to? You know those little exchanges. You know, um, you know, you know what I mean when you you're mm. a clerk at a grocery store or something where you go, oh my god, it's hot out. You know, oh how's your day? Uh, oh, I'm getting by. You know, how are the kids? Right? Just you usually have kids with you. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're grown now. Those little exchanges are so important to us and we're forgetting about i think every day should look like the opening scene of beauty and the beast just people walking around going bushu, bushu, bushu. we're gonna work when we when we do see this is where maybe the jetsons has steered us wrong <laughs> if we do if we do all of our shopping over a computer we're going to become way too isolated it's already happening, and people, you know, speak of, uh, you know, there's a high rates of depression and, and suicide, and a lot of that is because uh, they're not saying hi to the clerk at the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> those little human interactions throughout your day, you don't think of them, but they, they are really important to maintaining a connection. They really are, and, and they've already, I mean, we've already lost so much of it in the, in the same way that sea level rise, like, you know, people aren't, like, focused on it <laughs> The way they should be, but slowly but surely, uh, because, like, for example, I I, I walk um, I walk a, a, a couple of days a week. I I I walk about a, a mile and a half to a nursing home where I volunteer, and then I walk about a mile and a half back. And I I, I say hi to people when I walk, and they all have those things in their ears, <laughs> and then they glower at me <laughs> because, because I interrupted their their music. Or their, uh, or their, you know, their phone conversation. 
Sometimes you can't even see the things in their ears, which is why I say something, because I don't realize there's a thing in their ear. In an airport sometimes, people are looking right at me, walking straight towards me, talking. And so I say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Because they assume they're talking to me. Right. And then they walk by and glower at me because they have that stupid Bluetooth thing. I think there should be a law that if someone's going to wear that Bluetooth thing for the phone, they have to have a vacant, no vacant sign coming out of their head. <laughs> I love that plan. Paula, thank you so much. Always a delight to talk with you. Safe travels on your way here to Maine. Thanks a lot, you guys. Take care. That's Paula Poundstone, Downtown the Podcast. Paula will be in Walla Walla, Washington, the 26th and 27th of July. Hyannis, Massachusetts on the 16th of August. Clayton, New York on the 17th. Margate, New Jersey, the 22nd. Lake Placid, New York on the 23rd. And then back in Maine for shows in Brownfield and Bar Harbor on September 6th and 7th. Check out her website at paulapoundstone.com for more information. Thanks to Paula. Thanks to William Jackson Harper as well. And thanks to you for being with us. We'll see you next time on Downtown, the podcast.